you were here last week, I'm sorry to put you through that pain one more time, but um, if you weren't, just want to say welcome to you and uh, let you know that we are in week two of a series called Simplify, where we are trying to find ways to simplify our lives in the midst of this crazy world that we live in. It was very much reflected by that video that for some of you was just causing the hair on the back of your neck to stand up. Um, But this is life. And this is our reality. And so what we're doing, what we're using as, uh, as our navigational tool for this series is Jesus Christ. And we talked last week about how actually as crazy as we think that our lives are and as complicated and as many pressures and demands that we have on us, last week we talked about how Jesus has all of us beat. Even though he lived 2,000 years ago and life was very different, there was no one who had more going on or more demands upon him than Jesus. And so last week, if you recall, we talked about a habit that Jesus had. Uh, Luke 5.16, it says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and did what? Prayed. And we talked about uh, that last week and how uh, if Jesus made that habit, we do as well. And I challenge you for the next 30 days to hit snooze on your alarm clock, but then not go back to bed and to, to spend the first 10 minutes of your morning uh, in prayer and that your week would be better off for it. So... We're in week two, and we're going to look at um, another thing that Jesus did to help simplify his life, and I think it has incredible implications for us. So today we are in Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 38. You can find the words there on your outline if you'd like. It goes like this. As soon as they left the synagogue... They went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. So Jesus is in a little town called Capernaum. And he'd been teaching there in the synagogue. And then he goes out with some of his followers. And this guy, Simon, later on, Jesus gives him a nickname. Does anybody know what the nickname was? Peter. Okay, so when you see Simon later on, that's going to become Peter. But for now, he's still Simon. So it says that um, Jesus is going with these guys. It says, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. And they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. So notice now, the sun is down, it's dark. This is the time when, like, life is supposed to be slowing down, everything's getting relaxed. But for Jesus, and this was very typical, things are only ratcheting up okay so it's dark it's check this out verse 33 the whole town gathered at the door and jesus healed many who had various diseases he also drove out many demons but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was now what's up with that well basically what jesus is showing here is his authority over the demons not only to cast them out but also to shut them up he said i'm the only one who is going to speak for me But imagine this scene. It's after dark, and the whole town is outside the door, and everyone is demanding some time with Jesus. Now, we don't know how late into the night this happened. We don't know if Jesus saw everyone, or if he, like, you know, at some point was like, okay, guys, this is it, you know, that's, that's good. Here's what we do know. Verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, 
and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And this was this habit. This was this habit that Jesus did. And if Jesus needed to carve out time in his busy schedule, if he felt like that was something that he needed to do to be effective, and we talked about this last week, how much more so do we need to do this thing as well? So he's out praying. Okay, we don't even know if the sun has risen at this point. It may still be dark. Look what it says. It says, Simon and his companions went to look for Jesus. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Jesus, everyone's looking for you. Notice his response. He said, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Did you guys catch what just happened there? I mean, some of the disciples come and they actually track Jesus down because apparently there's so many people already early in the morning who are like, we need to talk to Jesus. There's probably more healings to be done. There's people that have follow-up questions to whatever he was teaching in the synagogue the day before. There's all these people who are like, we want some FaceTime with Jesus. There's more great work to do. And the disciples are like, okay, Jesus, come on, man. Like, everybody's here. You know, the crowd's ready. They're all excited for you. Like, man, it just, this is, this is great. And, and Jesus is like, uh, actually, we're going to go. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. We're leaving. Now, how did Jesus come to this decision? Was Jesus just one of these guys that just got bored after, you know, a certain amount of time in a spot and was like, ah, oh, you know, I've seen these guys and we've healed most of the major stuff and so I'm just ready to move on. I mean, like, what was, what was Jesus' deal here? What was driving his decision that he knew it was time to move on? This is very important to the overall message today about simplifying our lives. So here's what you, we have to take note of. Notice this is interesting. It goes back to last week. After taking time in the morning to do what? To pray to his heavenly father, he arrived at the understanding that it was time to go. He said, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. And here's the six words I want you to lock in on today, because this really, these six words are central to today's message. He says, that is why I have come, okay? Got to go because I need to preach in other places. That is why I have come. What made Jesus so incredibly effective in his ministry and what helped Jesus to keep things simple in a completely crazy and complicated life that he lived was he never lost sight of why he had come. He never lost sight of his overall purpose of what he was doing on this earth, why he came. And that was to preach the good news. It was to proclaim this amazing love of God and forgiveness of sins to everyone. That was his sole mission that drove everything that he did. And so because he had that so clearly in his mind, why he came, what his purpose was, what he was ultimately there for, that clarified everything for him. 
So this, for many of us, would have been a gut-wrenching, agonizing decision that was before him. I mean, there's all these people that are in need. You don't see him wrestling with this decision. You don't see him having this big debate and dialogue and trying to figure it out. He is crystal clear. He's like, man, I can't get stuck in Capernaum, this little town, for too long, right? Because overall, my, my mission, the reason that I'm here, what I came for, was to proclaim God's love to the whole world. So I got to keep moving. It wasn't even a hard decision for him because it was so obvious what his purpose was, okay? I want you to write this in. This is really what this boils down to today. Knowing why you're here makes things clear. This is our our simplifying principle that we see in Jesus Christ here. Knowing why you're here makes things clear. Or said another way, we know our purpose, it clarifies our priorities. There's nothing worse, at least for me, than when I feel like I wake up on a Saturday morning and I feel like I got about 10 things to do, but none of them is like, feels like more of a priority than another. You ever been there? And you end up just kind of spinning your wheels because you don't really know what to prioritize. So, I mean, it, it just drives me crazy. This idea of knowing exactly why Jesus came was so, so important for him. I, uh, I had some buddies when I was in college, speaking of this whole purpose thing and knowing your purpose. And um, they kind of arrived at something that they were really excited about. They discovered... Uh, kind of a, a principle of college guys. And they were really excited and they started to share this idea because they felt like they had really embarked upon a discovery. And what it was is they believed that they had actually figured out what every college guy's underlying purpose was. Like, like what it was that was driving all the behavior patterns of a college male. And they were pretty sure that they had figured out what was driving everything. What was the overarching purpose. You know what it was? This is their theory. Four words. To get the girl. Okay? To get the girl. That it all boiled down, anything that a college guy does is ultimately to get a girl. So, for example, when a, uh, a college guy would wake up in the morning, some of you nodding your heads, man. Okay, so we may be on to something. Um, when you wake up and, uh, and you get dressed, okay, and then you go out, if you get showered up and you put some deodorant on and you bother trying to make yourself look halfway respectable and you put on clothes that are at least clean, then basically the whole reason that you do that isn't really for yourself, but it's ultimately why. So you can impress a girl. Okay, that's the whole reason you do it. And if you got up and you like just didn't shower and you threw on the clothes from the day before, they were like, that's actually because you're trying to go for that I don't care because I'm too cool. You know, I'm going for that alternative grunge look. But ultimately, what is that about? To get the girl. Okay, you're just going for a different kind of a girl, but you're still going for a girl. Okay? <laughs> All the guys that used to work out at the rec center where I went to school at Miami University are like, you know what? Those guys aren't working out for their health. They're not working out to, like, live longer or build their endurance, you know? Why are they working out? To look good for a girl. That's the only reason that guys in college work out. Now, they even had this figured out for why you went to class and why you studied. I mean, this, their answer, this was the answer to everything. They were going to write a book on this, okay? So they basically said the whole reason that you are studying before your exams, the whole reason you're even showing up to your class as a college male it's because there's only one reason 
It's not for your parents. It's not for you. It's because you don't want to fail out of school and miss the opportunity to get that girl. So everything came back to the overarching purpose, <laughs> got to get a girl. Now, I don't know how much truth there is in that, but I think that was kind of funny. I've lived in the D.C. area now for, um, for 12 years. And what is fascinating to me about D.C., and, and many of you have probably run across this too, is that when you meet somebody in D.C. that you don't know, and after you've gotten their name or whatever, there's, there's always two questions that get asked, and they're almost always in the order that I'm about to describe to you. So the first question that inevitably gets asked is, so where are you, where are you from? Because, you know, nobody's from here. We're all from somewhere else, just about everybody. And so where are you from? And then the next question after you figure that out is, what do you, what do you do, right? That, that's just such a DC thing. And what's fascinating to me about that is that no matter what job that we have, no matter what it is that we do, and no matter how complicated the job description is, you know, no matter how messy or how many different things that we do in our jobs, we all can articulate in about a sentence the overall purpose of our job, the overarching thing, the, the reason why we're there. That's whatever we, however we answer that question, because, you know, you go on more than one sentence and people's eyes start to glaze over. They don't really care. You know, they just are trying to put you in a little box and figure out where, where you land. But we all can articulate our purpose at work. We know why we're there. And here's the thing. When you know why you're there at work, it makes things clear, right? It helps you to prioritize. It helps, it helps you to kind of navigate your day or your week. And by the way, if you don't know why you're there, you're probably not going to be there for much longer. Okay? Because that is the thing where it's like, okay, if I don't get anything else done this week, I know that I have to do this and that thing. And everything else isn't as important. How do you arrive at that decision? How do you make priorities? How do you figure out what to address at work? Because you know why you're there. And that makes things clear. Right? Are you guys with me on this? Okay. So, we all understand our purpose at work. We know, what, when we talk about work, we know why we're here, and that makes things clear. But here's the deal. And this is especially, I, I, guys, I, I hope you're paying attention. Okay, this is for everybody, but especially the men in the room, I want you guys to hear me on this, okay? You know your purpose at work, but when you look at your life, your overall life, do you know why you're here? I mean, if someone asked you that question, what is your purpose in life? Do you know how you'd respond to that? Why are you here on this planet? We spend so much time and energy figuring that out in our professional lives. Yet, on the whole, it's something that we don't do when we think about something far more important, which is our life as a whole. And here's the deal. This is, this is the thing I want you to wrestle with today. I want you to, to be thinking about that. Why am I here? What is my purpose? Do you know? Maybe you kind of think you know, but have you ever thought to clarify that? Have you ever thought to write that down? See, if you're not clear 
on your purpose. If you're not clear on why you're here, then life can get a little crazy. And I want to try and demonstrate this. So this tub represents our lives and kind of the capacity to be able to handle things in this life. There's only so much that we can do, so much that we can handle, so much that we can take on. Now, when you don't have a clear sense of why it is you're here, your overall purpose in this life, then what happens is it makes it pretty difficult to determine exactly what your life priorities are. And so life just starts happening, right? Life happens. Remember, you saw the video. We can't turn it off. It just happens, okay? So what happens is, like, work life, work, work stuff just starts to happen, okay? You can't, you can't turn that off. And then you've got, like, your personal life stuff, you know? People invite you to different things, and you have all kinds of stuff that you can do. And then, oh, it's D.C., so we've got more work stuff, right? And then, um, and then we've got, like, responsibilities, and, like, the car breaks down, and, you know, all that other junk that happens, and we ca- catch most of that. But it is D.C., so we've got more work stuff, you know. And then we've got opportunities to serve, and that's really cool and meaningful. And then we've got a little time, you know, me time, a little bit in there. And then, of course, you know, just work, you know, just wor- work stuff. And, and here's the deal. If you don't really have a sense of what your purpose is, you don't really have any way to clearly evaluate all these things that are coming at you. And and what happens? And many of us, this is a picture of our life. This is a picture, and it's a perfect picture of how we feel. We got too much going on. This is is at maximum capacity. This is this too much in this thing, right? Because we just we're just reacting. We're not being proactive, we're just reacting to this thing. Stuff's just happening, and we're just doing our best to try and get everything in and and do the best that we can. But here's the problem. We can do that for a time, but then as weeks go by and months go by, we're just reacting, and a lot of times it's not our own agenda or our own thought or purpose that's gotten into this, but it's just kind of everything else that's coming at us. You know what happens? Is we start to realize something. We're like, well, hold on a minute. You know, I'm totally maxed out, but I got a problem. You see this? This ball here, th- this represents my health. And I just feel like between work and everything else is happening and coming at me, I mean, I, I would love to, to eat better, but I'm just always on the go, always on the run. I don't have time to do that, and I certainly don't have time to exercise. When I come home at 10 o'clock at night, I mean, there's no way that I'm going to work out then. And so we're trying to fit this ball in, but there's nowhere. This, it doesn't fit. And so this, this one just gets neglected. It doesn't make it. And we recognize that relationships are so important. Jesus talked a lot about the importance of relationships. And we kind of get to those points like, you know, I I wish that I kept better in touch with my parents. You know, I wish that those people that I'm really close with, that, you know, I I deeply respect and I love spending time with them and I, I know that I should make time for them. But I mean, I just don't. I mean, look at my life. My schedule's so crazy. How, how, I can't, it doesn't fit. I wish it happened more but I can't seem to figure out how. And then finally, you go, you know, this whole prayer thing that we talked about last week and spending time kind of nurturing my spiritual side, 
that I know how good I feel and how much better life seems to go and how much more peace and how much of a better person that I am when I am able to take some time to pray. And you know those community group Bible studies that they're always talking about at this church, you know? Well, I just, I mean, my life is so crazy. It just won't fit. I can't, I can't figure out how to get it in. I mean, God understands, you know, I, I just, I can't seem to make it happen. And so, that's what happens. This, this is a picture of our lives when we don't understand, when we're not clear on why it is that we're here. When we don't really know what our purpose is, life just comes at us and all we're really doing is reacting and we're not able to evaluate how this fits in with who we want to be, where we're trying to go in life. But here's the thing. When you know why you're here, when you're clear on that, it makes things clear. This is the whole thing. For Jesus, it was very clear, okay? He had a ton of stuff coming at him. I mean, you talk about, it's hard to say no to some of the things that we need to say no to. I mean, Jesus had people, like real life people, eyeball to eyeball, and he's like, hey guys, this is awesome. You know, God bless you, but we gotta, we gotta move on. I mean, you talk about a tough call. He was able to do that because he was clear on why he was here. So when we're clear on that, when we have a clear sense of our purpose and what it is that we're here for, okay, something we know at work, we spend time in our work lives figuring that out. If we figure that out in our life overall, then what happens is we are able to get a clear sense of what we need to prioritize. And so before this starts to happen, okay, and this is always happening, we sit down and we look at our life and we look at our calendar and we look at our schedule, and I'll just give you an example for me, okay, when you get a sense of what it is that you're here for, everything changes, okay? Nothing changes, but everything changes. So let me just give you a little example. I've been working on this this week, and this is kind of our homework assignment, which I'll get to in a minute. But I've been working on, so what is overall, like, my purpose statement in life overall? I'm very clear on what it is work-wise, but what is it in my life? And I'm still working this out. This is still a draft, but I'm just trying to give you guys something, a little example to make this a little easier to understand. So I've kind of worked out that my purpose statement, at least for right now, still tweaking it, is something like this, to make a positive difference in this world by investing in the lives of others. I feel like that's pretty much what, I, what I'm here to do. That's pretty much in tune with, with what I read in the Bible and, and what I feel God has put inside of me to make a positive difference in this world by investing in the lives of others. So when I think about that, and when I have that before me, like I'm I'm pretty much conscious of it, then what happens is before all this craziness and chaos starts happening, I start by going, okay, so if, if my overarching purpose, if why I'm here is to make a positive difference in this world by investing in the lives of others, then what I realize is if I'm trying to help other people grow, especially like grow spiritually, that means something for me. I need to make sure that I'm growing spiritually, right? If I'm going to be helping other people do it, I need to do it. And so I take that ball and I make sure that that gets prioritized on my schedule before everything else, before chaos ensues. And I'm making sure if I'm trying to build up other people and help other people, I got to make sure I'm taking care of myself so I can do that. And that means taking care of myself physically, putting that on my calendar, making that a priority for me. And, and I also realize that if I'm going to be uh, 
building into the lives of other people, that that probably starts with the people closest to me. Making time for family and close friends. Making sure that all this other stuff doesn't squash that out. So it's like, you know, trying to put a date night on the calendar and making that something that happens. You know, I will allow work things and all kinds of other things to just get on my calendar, no problem. Oh yeah, and if there's room, we might have a date night every three months or so or six months or whatever the case may be. But actually taking that and putting it on the calendar is so important. So these big picture type things, when you know your overall purpose in your life, when you know why it is that you're here it really makes things clear. It starts to define your priorities and help you so that then this stuff's going to happen anyway, right? But you've got the big stuff in there. It's all in there. And you realize that there's always going to be more than you can handle, but you start with first things first. You guys, this is so, so important. The reason why I feel so strongly about this message this morning is because what I don't want to happen is for you to look back on your life and realize that you've just been reacting, that you haven't really been able to evaluate, that you've got caught up in a whole bunch of stuff, and much of it is good stuff. I mean, let's not lose sight of the fact that a lot of this stuff, what Jesus was saying no to, was great stuff. It really was, but it wasn't the best stuff. It wasn't the stuff that God had for him. And I don't want you to look back and say, man, you know, I kind of lost sight of my purpose. I lost sight of true north because I got so distracted and I just was reacting to other people's uh, agendas and, and, and stuff that was going on and I wasn't really putting first things first. There are some of you who are here in this room right now and you know who you are, but you feel like your schedule is running you. You don't feel like you're running your schedule. Your schedule is running you. It's an awful feeling. And, and I, I will tell you this. If that's how you feel, I beg you to take time to figure out why it is that you're here. Because I will say with about 99% certainty that if you feel like your schedule is running you, you probably haven't got a clear understanding of why it is that you're here, what your purpose is, because it's, you're not able to define your priorities. I beg you to try this exercise. So here's what we're going to do. In your, in your bulletin, I've got a, a handout for you. It's a worksheet. It's a white piece of paper, and I want you to pull this out. And, and I just have to say, if you weren't here last week, we said something last week about the hitting snooze prayer challenge, because many of you guys now are starting to get tired of this whole simplify thing. You're like, hold on a minute. Simplify is supposed to mean easier. Simplify is supposed to mean like more free time, like less work. Last week, we got homework. We got to hit the snooze button and not go back to sleep. That's like adding one more thing on the plate. And now you're giving us a worksheet? Like there's, a, there's homework with questions. Let me say it again. I said this last week. You can kind of tell by the the, the, the image that we have to represent this Simplify series, which is like that peeling off the wallpaper, okay? Simple does not mean easy, okay? Simple is awesome. We all want to get to simple. We all want to simplify. But let's be clear, the process of simplifying our lives or to simplifying anything is hard work. But it is so worth it. So I've given you this 
worksheet. And this worksheet is basically an exercise where you, you bring this before God and you pray and you think about those scriptures and you maybe do some web searches on some scriptures around what the Bible says about purpose and meaning and significance and stuff like that. And you go through and you wrestle with these questions. Maybe you incorporate this into your um, hitting snooze prayer time thing that we kicked off last week. Maybe there wasn't enough structure to it last week. This is a perfect way you can bring that in and make that part of your day. But I want you guys to wrestle with this. And ultimately... If you, like Jesus was so clear. He was so clear on why he was here. That's what he's articulating. He says, I got to go so I can preach there. That's the whole reason I'm here. That made every decision was so much easier for Jesus. The yeses and the noes and where he had to go and all that stuff. It was all because he knew he was clear. Are you clear? Some of you are like, oh man, I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. I know as soon as you get out of here, you're going you're gonna to throw the paper away. It's cool. I don't care. I mean, ultimately, it's not my life. I'm just saying, isn't it worth it to spend a few minutes? And if you could get clear on what your purpose statement is, to be able to post it somewhere, like on your screensaver, on your phone or your computer or on your bathroom mirror somewhere, where you would see it and just be reminded of it. This is just a tool for you. You don't have to do it. But I started to do this this week, okay? I just started to do it this week as I was putting this mess together. I've never had a purpose statement. I, I, you know, I'm just kind of looking at all this stuff. And um, it's already helped me. It's already helped me to see things more clearly. Already. I just want to close with this last thought. I want you to imagine with me for a second what might happen in your life if you are able to come to a real clear understanding of why it is that you're here on this earth, a real clear understanding of your purpose, if you were able to come to that, if you're able to know that, and if someone asked you, like, well, what, you know, what, what do you think is your purpose on this planet? You could give them a one-sentence response, dead on, without hesitation. If you could figure that out, and figure out that would incorporate how you want to be remembered in your life, the things that ultimately matter when you look back on your life, the things that you'd be glad that you did. And then you are able to keep that in your conscious framework. And that that would allow you to evaluate decisions and priorities and make sure that you were putting first things first. And it wasn't just like a crazy, crazy deal where just stuff's just piling on at you and you don't have any control over it. Imagine what life would be like if you were so clear on where you needed to go that everything fell into place and your life felt so much more simplified. That's what I want for every single one in this room. But make no mistake about it. If you walk out of here and you don't do anything other than just say, oh, that was a pretty cool sermon. Yeah, I like this. the balls going everywhere. That was kind of kept me awake, you know. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet you nothing's going to change. So that's up to you. Because simple does not mean easy. But it's worth it. Let's pray. God, um, we thank you for your word. We thank you for 
how you have preserved these ancient stories from 2,000 years ago of Jesus, what you did when you were here, and these incredible examples. Jesus, your life was absolutely crazy, crazier than this DC life in 2013, and yet you found ways to simplify things. You were clear on what you needed to do, God. So many of us in this room want clarity. We desperately need it. We feel like our schedules are running us and our lives are out of control. God, my prayer for every single person in this room is that you would help them to know exactly why it is they're here, what their purpose is in being on this earth because it ain't just to take up space. God, show each and every one of us, give us the discipline and the motivation to actually go through a process of figuring that out. We don't want to lose sight of the big picture. We don't want to look back on life and feel like, gosh, so much time wasted. Wish I would have. We just want to be in tune with you, God, your purpose for our lives. Help us this week as we figure that out. We thank you and we praise you. In Christ's name, amen.